The Fujicast is an independent loading zone production. We usually start with something um, funny, amusing that's happened in your life, Kev. It's uh, it's um, Kev's diary piece, but but actually this week a slightly more solemn start. But no apologies because it's a, a mammoth figure in in photojournalism and an important figure in British photojournalism. Come to that, Tom Stoddart passed, didn't he, last week? Yeah, he Mid- did. Week. Very very sad. Yeah, um, great photographer, great man. Yeah, a lot of outpouring of um, of yeah, grief uh, know, for him. I know, I know. I saw Peter Dench wrote a, a beautiful piece about him. Mm. Um, I saw something from Edmund Terracopian as well. You and you have your experience of of Tom as well, of course, because you, yeah. Um, t- tell me about when um, uh, w- when you went. You was it just you and he that went went for coffee and had a and sort of had a debrief about. I think he was talking about your portfolio, which which is Tom to a T, really, isn't it? That that with everything he's done. He, he, you know, he's delighted to sit down and just, I, I suppose, be immersed in other people's photography, which was him. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So this was a few years back. And, and what actually happened was via was either Edmund or it might have been Peter. I can't remember which one. Um, one of them had put Tom in touch with me because Tom wanted to um, find a new lab in the UK. So Tom had called me one day. Um, you know, and we got chatting and everything and, yeah. and we were talking about printing and all that kind of stuff. And then I was doing a talk at CPS. He was also doing one, I think, uh, for Leica. And, um, uh, so I, I, I said, oh, well, I'll come and see you. So, uh, you know, popped over to, to kind of watch his talk, which was amazing. Um, then afterwards I introduced myself. I said, oh, I'm, hi, I'm Kevin. And he went, uh, yeah, I know who you are. Don't worry. And, uh, come on, let's go and grab a coffee. And he so knew we who you were. Well, because we've been chatting on the phone. Oh, right. So I just didn't know whether he knew what I looked like, of course. Ah, right. Um, so, so off we went and, um, yeah, we, we had a lovely hour or so, um, showing pictures and all that kind of stuff. And, ah. um, oh. ever since then, he's kind of commented on Instagram pictures of mine Has and he? all that kind of stuff. <laughs> What sort of um, stuff does he say? I suppose because he's generally very, he's very giving, isn't he? And he's he's very uh, he's very enthusiastic and yeah. Yeah, no, just uh, I mean I can't remember specifically, but but you know he, he's always it's always been more than a smiley face or a thumbs up. Yeah. And actually, uh, it wasn't that long ago. It was the last time um, that I kind of had an interaction with him over email. Um, and again, that was about uh, we were talking about kind of black and white stuff, really. Yeah. And, uh, and yeah, that was probably, I'd say, I'd say not a long while ago. It was probably nine months ago. Um, but yeah, I kind of kept in touch and, and yeah, very sad, very sad. But, uh, you know, we talk about legacy a lot and, uh, you know, he certainly left a, left a legacy wow. for, yeah. uh, for history. Uh, abs- absolutely. So, uh, I think J- uh, Jack Lowe from the Lifeboat Station Project really summed it up when he said, uh, rest in rest in peace, Tom. He said, you clever chap. The Fuji cast. I thought that really said it all. So, uh, yes, sad passing of, of, of Tom Stoddart. Today, though, Kev, we're going to um, replay an interview that we've had on the show before with Tom. We thought that would, would be an appropriate thing to do, didn't we? We did, indeed. So yeah. that's that's coming up today as our, as our guest. Uh, we were um, also going to talk to Polly Russin this week, but I'm sure Polly won't mind giving way for, for Tom Stoddart this week. And um, Polly's interview will go out next week. Right. On the show today, your letters, your emails, your questions that you've been sending in to click at fujicast.co.uk and also via um, our, um, our thread in the Facebook group as well. Um, I think we've got a few more questions coming via that, haven't we, Kev? Uh, yeah, 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 we've got a few. Yeah, it's all good. And as, all we, good. as we speak, Kev has got a mad, mad busy week. I'm just almost going into Mancunian uh, musical language there. Mad, mad busy week for Kev. So uh, we've we got, yeah. we got to keep it to time today because, Kev, I, th- I think you're swamped with work. Busy day. Yeah, busy day. Busy day. I know. Kev said to me just before we started, he said, Keep, keep it, keep it. What did you say? Keep it keen or something. Keep it short. 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 <laughs> keep it short and real. Uh, I got. A, yeah, I'm. Pr- I've got. A, I've got a wedding tomorrow. The um, oh, oh, you uh, no, Archbishop, this is a, Archbishop of Canterbury's yeah, doing your, it. Your big one. How on earth have you got that, Kev? That's an. That's a. Oh, I know whose wedding it is. Oh, yeah. It's a, it's it's a long story and it's for a friend and all that kind of stuff. Are so you allowed to say uh, who it is, or is it is that a bit hush hush? Uh, no, we'll leave that for now. I think, but yeah. um, yeah, I, I'm I'm actually. I don't think I've. Uh, I'm nervous. Isn't the word, but. 
you know, I'll certainly be giving my shirt a, an extra iron and uh, I'll probably wear a tie and all that kind of stuff. You won't be looking like Columbo tomorrow. <laughs> I need to get my hair cut, but I, I don't, I just haven't got time. Kev, today. no, no. This is the Archbishops, yeah. for heaven's sake, and I mean that quite literally. You, can, you cannot go there with a mop. <laughs> Well, I know, but I don't know. Maybe I'll just wear a cap, baseball cap. No, Kev, that's the wrong way. Entirely the wrong way. Oh, you of all people. You of all, you of all people. Now, I can't imagine I'll be having too much of a conversation with the man himself. You, know, well, you never know. You never know. You never know. Um, he, he is, um, I'm being very cautious how I say this because I want to show proper respect. But usually the archbishop isn't, am I right that he's, he's not too keen on photographs, uh, 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 he, I mean, he, uh, he errs more on the solemnity of the occasion than it becoming a photo fest. Well, as far as I'm aware, he doesn't actually do that many weddings himself. No, um, you so. know, uh, royalty and all that kind of stuff. But uh, but no, because of the circumstances, he's he's been very accommodating, and uh, he said, "Yeah, fine, just do whatever you want." Yeah. Wow. Cool. Now we're all trying to guess, you see, because uh, because uh, Kev has said, I'll tell you later. And you mentioned the word royalty. Now everybody's trying to put two and two together and, and meeting 6.4. It's not royalty. <laughs> well, It's not royalty. Although actually saying that, yeah. it, it's royalty in my life. Yes, yeah. yes. Yeah. yeah, a very special wedding. I might, it's in we, the crypt as well at the uh, at Lambeth Palace, which is yeah, is that dark uh, underground chapel. That's yeah. going to be dark then, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Oh, it's the eighteen mil definitely tomorrow. Yeah. What, I what am, you, I'm what? actually I'm swinging by um, House of Photography in the morning to to lend the uh, to let to borrow. No, I'm borrowing. They're going to lend to me the uh, fifty mil F one. Are you going to use any of? Um, are you going to use a, a GFX for the? I, I, I know that you're a documentary man. I know, I know, but I dare say you'll do a couple of portraits. Nope, no nope. portraits tomorrow. So, uh, certainly no GFX. No, right. no, no. So what, what, what's uh, in the it's bag? Definitely, definitely candid all the way. Is it? What's in the bag then? What? What? I mean, this is such an important occasion. I know, I know how precious this is to you. So, so what are you taking? Well, I will have my the eighteen mil, which has become my new best friend. Yep. Um, and normally, I would I would normally do it with a fifty six one point two, but there's uh, my fifty six one point two has been playing up recently, so I'm I'm kind of well, that's why I'm I'm heading off to the house of talk in the morning. I spoke to Andreas. He said, "Yeah, you can you can lend the uh, the sample fifty mil F one, um, which I've I've actually pre ordered as well, put on order, I should say, yeah. um, but it, you know, it won't come by tomorrow, and that's why I have to go and borrow one." Um, so yeah, that'll be it. Those two lenses, I think, um, and uh, yeah, eighteen mil fifty. What, what's perfect. the fifty-six millimeter story at the moment? Wasn't there something rolling around about it, it not working properly with your XT four? Yeah, so there's a there's been an issue that um, has cropped up, I think, with one of the firmware updates. So, um, but they are. I've been talking to Tokyo about it, and you know they they will fix it in a firmware yeah. update. And they, they said in the winter. And then I was trying to think: is winter is, is Japan in the southern hemisphere or the northern hemisphere? Because winter, oh. if they're in the southern hemisphere, winter you're going like to be waiting a while. <laughs> but they're not; they're in the northern hemisphere. Right. So yeah, okay. hopefully soon. Um, but yeah, it's it's a little a tiny little issue with fifty six yeah. mil. If you if you shoot in a particular way, a vast majority of people wouldn't even notice it. And it's only on uh, XT four with the the latest firmware update, so it's nothing to worry about. Is but, it uh, is it the back button focus? Thing. Yeah, yeah, it's using the AFL button. Right. Um, okay. So, but, but most people use uh, use AF on, yeah. which is not the way that I do it. So, I'm, I'm very old school in the way that I shoot. What that, what, so. what button do you use for your back button focusing? What what have you programmed? Oh, well, I do use the AFL button, but I don't use the AF on option. Right. So, I don't I don't set that in the menus. I just flip the camera to manual focus, which is which is the the old school way of doing it. Um, but I just find it that's my brain power is set to that method. Uh, rather than digging into the menus and setting the AF on to right. um, to the back rather than the, the shutter button. So that right. works fine, but right. I just, it's not in my mind. So every time I pick up my camera, I'm forever fiddling the, the, the focus switch to see whether it's on yeah. manual focus or not. So, yeah. Right. Well, good luck for tomorrow, Kev. Um, I hope it goes well. And don't get yourself in trouble. It won't be tomorrow by the time this goes well, live. I know, I know, but I'm kind of <laughs> darting backwards and forwards. I'm going to say tomorrow just so we don't confuse it. Good luck for tomorrow. Make sure your hair is cut. Um, (laughs) Polish your shoes. Oh, I haven't. Yeah, I've only got blue suede shoes. Oh, Kevin. Kevin David Francis Mullins. (laughs) KDFM. Go go buy some shoes. You can't turn up 
to the archbishops. Um, uh, I was going to say it's his wedding, but it's not. Of course, it's not <laughs> his wedding. But you can't turn up and be in front of the archbishop with blue suede shoes. No, you're right. I might no. have to borrow one of Gemma's. No. You- <laughs> oh dear, this is going to be a disaster. Are you sure you don't want me to, to leap in and do this instead? <laughs> I'm right. really looking forward to it. Yeah, I'm sure so you are. Well, good luck with it. It's going to be it. a beautiful day. I'm, I know it will be. Um, and one day we'll, you will tell us who it was, I'm sure. And maybe share some pictures. Yeah. Right. Um, questions. We're 10 minutes in. We're trying to keep this short because. I know, yeah, that didn't go uh, well, did it? No, it didn't really. So far off with, uh, with a Facebook one, Kev. So as is tradition, I'll start with the latest. Question, which came in a day ago, Steve Shreve, uh, gents, with the release of the Instax wide printer with its compatibility with the XS10, can we expect firmware updates for other Fujifilm cameras? Uh, would it make business sense for them not to expand compatibility? Uh, so this is this is um, so Fujifilm have released a couple of um, uh, Instax printers recently. One of them, this new hybrid one, which was announced this week, yep. which looks pretty funky actually. It's got a um, LCD on the back, so you can actually. You, normally with Instax, you you know you just have to hope it comes out well. Whereas this one's got an LCD on the back. But the the Instax wide, um, yeah, it's got kind of special compatibility with the S- XS10. Uh, and I don't know. I I mean, I would assume that if it was compatible in that way, so it's compatible with all the cameras, but it's it has a um, kind of interface, if you like, with the XS10. And I would imagine that if it was if it was possible to do it with the other cameras straight off the bat, they would have done it. Probably something to do with the Bluetooth um, uh, registration, the style of Bluetooth they use, or something don't know um but as always with these types of questions uh, you know they won't they won't have not done it just to piss us off <laughs> they will have not done it for a real reason um and that doesn't mean they're not working behind the scenes pedaling fast yeah. to try and catch up with the other cameras but uh yeah i don't know the answer to that much like all the questions last week don't know <laughs> that was the week before kev you, you, you got them all you got them all right last week uh, Matt Fletcher. Oh, yeah, this is really just in response. Do you remember last week we mentioned Matt? We were a little bit unsure about uh, the Instagram situation in China. Do you remember that? Uh, Sorry, I just dropped my pen. Oh, <laughs> are you with us? Yeah. Um, just listen to the new episode. Thanks for answering my question. It was a X100V question he had. But in response to your question, Instagram can be accessed uh, in China, though, though you do need to use a VPN. Um, yes. And I looked this up actually, and it seems to be easier to do on a mobile than for, for some reason. I don't know why. Why would that be? Why would a VPN be easier on a on a on a mobile than it would be on a land uh, thing? Kev, uh, maybe it's something to do with the phone network provider. Uh, don't know. Uh, my Instagram does have three T's in Matt. Do you remember we we tried to yeah. click onto Matt and it just wouldn't wouldn't connect with him. But now it does. Mm. There he yeah. is educator and passionate photographer and cat lover by the looks of it do you want to read out his his proper instagram name so i people will can... so it's matt fletcher m-a-t-t-t three t's in matt matt fletcher fletcher in the normal way matt t- fletcher yeah matt t- matt no matt t- fletcher anyway yes go and have a look shall we <laughs> Try and remember to leave the link. Yes, let's do that. That might be easier. But then, um, X, X, since we're at the X100 desk, George Fakinos wrote in, Hello, gents. This is George Fakinos. I haven't asked you a question since the episode where Kev and his wife uh, were hosts. That was good fun, that, wasn't it, Kev? You and you and Jem doing that? Yeah. I well, I believe, yeah. they, uh, I believe they, they, they called me Nick. <laughs> uh. <laughs> All right. But funnily enough, that's short for Nicky Foros, my father. Anyway, I need your help now, so you can uh, call me George, <laughs> Nick, Mr. Fackinos, or whatever you like. I, I have an issue with my X100F, which I don't remember having with the previous camera. Um, I'm sure it's my fault, but I, I'd really like to hear from you. So I have a very dark frame where my subject is on one side, and the sun is hitting only the face of my subject. Keep up with this. A cat inside the warehouse is the photo. Uh, my camera is set on single point AF, and with a joystick, I focus on the cat's face. But what would happen with my previous camera is the cat's face would have been well exposed and the rest of the frame would have been well underexposed, which is what I'm going for. But what happens with my X100F is that the cat's face has been washed out and the rest of the frame has been well exposed. I can fix this with the exposure compensation dial, but I wonder why the camera operates that way. Am I doing something wrong? Should I change single point AF onto something else? Um, anyway, over to you. Thank you for your time. And as always, he says, yada, yada, yada. Lots of love. Uh, uh, uh. Lots of love from Nick. 
<laughs> Sorry, Nick. <laughs> um, I yeah. blame Gemma for that. Um, it seems like meter in. So I would imagine he's got his uh, meter in set to whatever. What's it called? Um, average. Some people might I always know it call as it metric. evaluative, but evaluative. Yeah. So it's metering across the whole frame. Yes. Yeah. Uh, what you want to do is whack the camera into spot metering mode. Make sure that the, the option in the camera that links the spot meter in to the focus point is uh, is is set to on um you can you can either use the di- the um joystick or the is it a joystick on the x100 i can't remember yeah, anyway you can yeah, move yeah, the focus yeah. point to yeah. the to the cat's face yeah. and the meter in the spot meter in will meter from the cat itself uh saying that that will only work if you're in one of the auto modes so if you're shooting fully manually then it's basically entirely up to you how to expose for it um but i'm I, because exposure compensation is working for him i'm assuming he can't be working fully manually so he will be in one of the um, metering modes that's not spot. Spot metering is your friend. Spot spot the dog, spot the cat, <laughs> spot the metering. I was just about to say, is the problem Nick. that he's photographing cats, maybe? Mm, no, yeah. it's nothing to do with the fact there's a cat. <laughs> okay. Right, Facebook. Oh, we're powering. See, we are powering through them, Kev. Look, we're making short work of these. Yeah, we are. Gus Bately, uh, QQ. If Fujifilm ever did produce a monochrome sensor camera that we would all queue up overnight for, would it still have some presets, namely Acros, etc.? I don't know the answer to that, to be honest with you. I mean... Well, I would imagine they'd put Acros in there, surely. Yeah, but don't forget, the monochrome sensor, if you're buying a camera with a monochrome sensor, it's because you're interested in the, the sensor and the raw files that it's going to produce. Yes. Acros is for JPEGs only. So, yeah, I don't know. I, I really don't know. Um, I, oh, I do know that if I had a monochrome sensor camera, I would almost definitely be shooting just raw. Would you? Um, yeah, and editing myself. Yeah. Again, I, I don't know. It, it's one of those hypothetical questions, isn't yeah. it? Um, because I don't think we'll ever see one of those. If cameras, we had sadly. a penny for every time somebody asked about a monochrome sensor, yeah, exactly. We'll be millionaires, uh, Rodney. Uh, Jarrell, oh, what's the book of the week, by the way, this week? We didn't say that at the start. Uh, book of the week this week is a brand new one. Uh, Marilyn Stafford, The Life in Photography. Marilyn Stafford, right. Yeah. Jarrell Gates. Hi, Kev, Neil. Do either of you have what you consider your work cameras and your personal cameras? Now, this question's been hanging around a while. I do apologise. Personally, my wife and I shoot weddings together, so we have four XH1s, an X-T2, uh, X-T3, sorry, Uh, that we use for photographing and filming weddings alongside with big expensive glass. Most of that gear stays in its case unless we're out doing a a paid job or a wedding. And I have uh, an XE3 and a cheap XC16-50 that I use to walk around with it. I find it gives me a bit of peace of mind knowing that if it were damaged, stolen or accidentally left behind, that I'd still have what I need to go to work. And it'll be only a couple of hundred dollars to replace versus the thousands. But at the same time, still gives me amazing image quality. Just wonder what you use. Um, thanks again for making an enjoyable show. Jarrell in Chicago. Yeah. What song was that meant to be? Well, uh, um, Chicago. Uh, what's the... Oh, do, 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 oh, no. Is that the right place? I think so. Oh. Uh, anyway. I, mean, I, I do X100V and um, X-Pro1 with uh, my brace of, uh, of manual focusing lenses. The Samyang 12 millimeters, the latest one of those that that, that I that I've got, and I've got um, a vintage 28 mil as well. And the and the X100V is well, that's the X100V, isn't it? Yeah, mine would be the X100. I would imagine. Um, I'm going to the rugby on Saturday, so I'll take a camera with me. Usually, I'll grab one of the X100s. Um, yeah, probably X100V. Although I might grab the X70. Um, why, why would you take I? the X70 on uh, to the rugby instead of the 100? Oh, it's tiny. It's just tiny. It's smaller than my phone. Yeah. The X100 is just that little bit bigger. It depends. It, 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 actually, it depends entirely on the weather. The, um, and by the, that, I mean which coat I wear. Oh, I see. <laughs> oh, really? Okay. Yeah. How, how big my pockets are. Yeah. So if it's going to be mild there and I don't wear a coat, then I'll take the X70 and I'll just stick that in my back pocket. Yeah. Um, if I'm wearing a coat, then I probably will take the X100. What's the focal length difference on that, Kev? Uh, X seventy is eighteen. Um, so it's eighteen, is it? Right. Okay. Yeah. Right. Twenty three. X twenty three. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. And so that's going to be mainly street type photography. People. Um, people cheering. Hopefully. <laughs> yeah. Well, it'll we'll, probably be people yeah. in the pub. <laughs> <laughs> Just don't leave the camera in the pub. Have you ever left a camera in a pub? Um, I don't think so. 
Mm. I did mm. leave a camera at a um, fairground once. Yeah. Uh, you know, one of those troubling fairgrounds. And it was it was when I was shooting Canon back in the day. I don't know which camera it was. Yeah. Uh, it was about an hour and a half I'd gone before I realised. And I, I ran all the way back. And the woman on the Coconut Shire stand had, uh, had kept it for me, bless her. Fantastic. Mm. So often, you know, the next person to get in the ride or whatever, I would have thought, oh, well, that's nice. That's a nice prize from the Coconut Shire. Thanks very much. Yeah, no, I think, I think I'd think i left it on the coconut stand. That right. was the thing. I put it down to throw my balls at the coconuts. Pardon? And uh, my balls didn't hit the coconuts. <laughs> I must have got depressed and walked off without my... Don't without be my rude. Hand. Yes, thank you very much, Donald. <laughs> so, there you are. so you didn't win. I don't think. I'm not that I can recall. <laughs> not much. Think, oh, I did. Well, I won a goldfish once at one of those things. The worst thing you can possibly win. No, isn't don't ever win a goldfish. No, yeah, no. It lasted. No. It lived for about eight years, though. Blimey, worst thing. We went on holiday, and then uh, Big Nick's daughter looked after it, and it died. What did Big Nick do to it? No, it was his daughter. Bless her, Little Nick. Um, little, little Nick. Actually, <laughs> she's she's not so little these days. Uh, she's going to be a very very good uh, rower one day. But yes, anyway, uh, that's how I'm I'm totally diversifying conversation here. No, we had a fish it lived for eight years then it died yeah. there we go there we go job done yeah um your question then i, I then i think in the uh in, in the great let's let let's let mullins get on with his day proceedings um what, what have you got kev question question facebook colin monteith right. uh, question for the show like many here i'm involved in several facebook groups for yep. different reasons anyway i'm tired of seeing uh air quotes s-o-o-c air quotes another air quotes, purist, air quotes, references. And I would guess 99% of these claims are accompanied by an image that used in-camera recipes, filters, and some level of post-production. I appreciate any kind of photography and style, uh, any style of presentation, including work in post, as long as it's not intended to deceive. What are your thoughts as the holier-than-thou attitude I find nauseating? S-O-O-C, straight out of camera, has has Mm -hmm. become almost that, oh, look what I did thing, hasn't it? It has, and I'll agree with him um, that... I, I look at it and sometimes think, is that necessary? Although I guess some people would like to think, oh, blimey, is that what happens when it comes straight out of the camera? That's amazing. But he's quite right. If it's been um, if it's been fueled by a profile, then it, it in, in essence has had something done to it. Yeah, I mean, you know, in, pu- in the purest of terms, if you want to show something that's straight up camera, you, you show the raw file, you link to the raw file, yeah. um, and that's it. You know, nothing nothing gets done to it. So in the purest of senses, yes, if you're shooting a JPEG and then you show it and you say it's straight out of camera, um, yeah, the, the JPEG profile has been applied. It is still out of the camera, assuming they haven't, you know, if they've just downloaded it and uploaded it to Facebook, it is straight out of the camera in that, in that regards. Uh, I can't say it's anything that really gets my goat. Um, if people say it's straight out of the camera, I assume that they've just taken it out of the camera and stuck it on Facebook. Yeah, um, uh, yeah you're right about the, you know, there does seem to be this kind of trend of going, this is straight out of camera, look at this, isn't it great? Um, and, yeah. and sometimes it's great, sometimes it's not great, but yeah, whatever. What's the closest profile to being sort of, if there if there was a a, a subtle uh, baked in profile, what would be the closest to it in terms of Fuji film cameras? I think the default one is Astia, isn't yeah. it? That's the kind yeah. of flattest one, if you like. Yeah, you can't get a JPEG out of the camera without it having a profile applied. No, so yeah, RAW would be it. So yeah, whatever. Yeah. You know, I think it's only for me. It's it's important when when I'm doing reviews and things like that. Then I then I I link to RAW files and I say, you know, these are RAW files straight out of the camera. Yes, because that's what people are interested in when they think considering buying something so don't get too don't get too het up about it don't get too angry that's what what we're saying there but yeah I, I know what you mean when you see straight out of camera it's sometimes a statement isn't it right um this week we decided to replay um, a conversation that um, well I, i'd had uh, quite some while back actually wasn't it kev with uh, with tom stoddart and um we thought it would be it would be fitting this week to um Play some words, some thoughts from the great man himself, from uh, a photojournalist who I think will be missed very, very much. And and I would I would dare to say and go as far to say probably one of the greatest uh, British photojournalists that we've we've ever had. This is Tom Stoddart. I think when you start, it's uh, you know it's incredibly exciting. You're um, I remember going to Beirut in 1982, and I first met Don McCullen there in Beirut, and it was a it was the biggest story in the world, and the uh, Israeli forces were bombing Yasser Arafat's uh, PLO. And you know, you really felt this was what being a real photographer was. 
um, that you were on a, a major international story and there were very few photographers and it was dangerous. So it was incredibly exciting and you felt, you know, that your work was worthwhile. Um, and I've always felt that, that uh, I, I, I've always felt um, that I have the right to be there as a photojournalist in, in lots of situations. I'm not a doctor, I'm not a policeman, I'm not a soldier, I'm a photographer. And, um, and when I go into areas like that, I do my job. Um, of course, if, if you have the chance to, if you have to get involved, then you do. You're a human being first and a, and a photographer second. But by and large, uh, your role is to, to go into these areas where other people can't. They, they don't have the, uh, the privilege of, of, of going to see these things firsthand. So it's your job to bring back images that are truthful and are educational and that uh, inform and inform debate and maybe get things changed. That's all you can hope for. How does making imagery in these, these bleak places or during bleak times, how does that affect your humanity? Well, there are many things that you, you look at and you think, how could anyone do this? I mean, Lockerbie was is one thing that uh, how could anyone callously plant a bomb on an aircraft and and, um, and bring it tumbling out of the sky? Um, my job, you know, on that on that evening, I was there quite quite quickly because I happened to be in the north of England when it happened, and um, I got there quite quickly. Uh, you know, it's it's a it's just purely a, um, a record. Uh, it's a very historic event and uh, needs to be documented, recorded. Uh, for for history and um, you know you do the best you can in in what was a horrific scene. I'm 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 a photojournalist. I tell stories with my camera, just like um, colleagues of mine tell stories uh, with their pen or radio uh, reporters do it with their microphone. Or you know, I choose to tell uh, stories with a camera. Um, and with as few words as possible, I want people to look at my pictures and understand what's going on with the with the photograph and just a short caption. Um, documentary, I'm, I'm not exactly sure what, uh, you know, obviously the word means to document uh, what's around you. Um, but it, I don't see much of a difference, really, between photojournalism and, and documentary. At these times, are you a, a photographer or a participant? Can you be a, a humanitarian? I think you're all of those things. You're all, you are a photographer, you are a participant, and you are a uh, humanitarian. You, By the very nature of picking up a camera and pointing at someone, you change. Um, you change they change their expression, they change uh, the way they are. There's an argument for saying that paparazzi, long-lens paparazzi, is the purest form of photography and it's the most reviled. Because if you're hiding in a bush and you, you are photographing someone on a 600mm lens, then they're not, if they're not aware of you, they're completely natural. So there's, there's lots of arguments um, about things like that. You are a participant because you're there. Um, hopefully a participant for good. Um, you know, your picture should be um, should be used to change things um, if, if it's a negative situation. I mean, still pictures are incredibly powerful, still incredibly powerful things. If you think of the pictures from Abu Ghraib, uh, torture, uh, uh, prison. Darby turned in the pictures of prisoner abuse at Abu Ghraib in Iraq. Pictures he'd discovered purely by accident. Low-ranking soldiers like Lindy England committed the abuses, but the Senate Armed Services Committee today released a paper... You know, what other stills would... Uh, what other kind of medium would get Donald Rumsfeld to go on television and admit that the United States were doing this and apologize for it? I feel terrible about what happened to these Iraqi detainees. They're human beings. They were in U.S. custody. Our country had an obligation to treat them right. We didn't, and that was wrong. So to those Iraqis who were mistreated by members of the U.S. Armed Forces, I offer my deepest apology. If the stills didn't exist, um, you know, there's no way he would have done that. But they do exist, and they were taken by people on the inside, by their very own people who are administrating these beatings. Um, and that's what's changed. The, um, the authorities can stop people like me um, getting into, uh, you know, sensitive situations as they see it but um, you know the uh, they can't stop their own people uh, in this 
this kind of age of selfies and and documentation of your of your, what you do as a person so the danger for the authorities is going to come from the inside and that's why we've gone back to world war one where eventually the um the military banned uh soldiers from carrying cameras in the trenches uh the military now frown on on soldiers taking photographs um you know um and that's 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 how it is but the still photograph is still incredibly uh, powerful. Is it right that a lot of photographic projects are self-funded? If you want to make a story that you feel really passionate about, you have to take that initial financial risk. A lot of the projects now are self-funded. The magazines uh, don't have the budgets to, uh, or the will to send you uh, on, on uh, news events, international news events. Covering news is very expensive for magazines. And, you know, the truth is that they're more interested in royal stories, celebrity stories, uh, sports stories, than they are in, you know, what's going on in Libya or Iraq. But that doesn't mean that we shouldn't be covering these areas of the world and these um, these stories. Part of our remit as photojournalists is to remind people that you know not everyone has access to electricity not everyone has access to medicine clean water um human rights so if you're going to do this job seriously you have to be aware that you might go halfway around the world and shoot for a period of time and and come back and hardly anyone will be interested in the photographs you, you always have to remind yourself that this is a, an uh, it's an amazing way to earn your living and and uh, you're literally the jack of all trades and, and you see a lot of things, but you're there for a short a short time. So you can't possibly become an expert on everything. Um, but you have to remain interested and, and you have to be interested in people and um, what makes the world tick. And it, if, you're, if you're interested in news and current affairs, it's, it's an amazing uh, job. It's addictive, isn't it? Very much addictive. Again, on my first job, uh, as this kid on a paper, the one of the old photographers said, you'll have a, a champagne lifestyle on a beer salary. And that, that's exactly what it's been. Let's talk about your, your legacy and the fact that when you're making some of these pictures, the Berlin Wall's a, a good example. Are you aware how important your images, your pictures are going to be? I don't think uh, you're aware at the time. Um, I, I'm a great kind of believer that uh, and I, I tell young photographers this all the time, that they're not shooting for the next day or the next week or the next month. They're shooting for the next 20 years, 25 years, especially if they're on, a, on a, an important event. Um, as I say, I've, I've been around, this is my 46th year as a professional, and it's amazing how many times photographs I shot 20 years ago, 25 years ago. I mean, the Berlin Wall is, is a point in case. I happen to be, by, by chance, by luck, on, on the Berlin Wall the night it opened. I was at Checkpoint Charlie when the very first people came through. Um, and it seems like yesterday, and in fact it's, you know, it was November the 9th, 1989, and uh, the pictures I shot that night are still being used uh, regularly. When do you stop? You never stop. Why would you stop? You know? Never? I don't see the point of stopping, and uh, <laughs> something that slightly irks me is that every new award, every new bursary is for photographers under 30 and you know there's all this help given to um, uh, young guys um, because they, it seems like their ideas are better than than an old guy and um, I, I really don't see that and I, I you know I take um, lessons from people like Ellie Derwitt and uh, who are still shooting well into their 80s um, I think ideas are uh, are the currency of how we how we exist as professional photographers because I mean that and the the insatiable quest for news and needing to know what's going on anywhere in the world at, at any given time is um, is crucial really to being a photojournalist replaying some thoughts which we played out in one of our very early episodes of the Fujicast from Tom Stoddart such a, an influential British photojournalist who passed away last week. And this week on my podcast, Photography Daily, I'll also be paying tribute to Tom Stoddart with a, a conversation about his latest and final book, Extraordinary Women, 
a chat we had only a few months ago. The picture that I am best known for, I think, the woman of Sarajevo, mm. was a natural to, to lead on a, on a project where you wanted to celebrate and pay homage to ordinary women doing extraordinary things. And when it comes to books, I'll also be talking this week with the editor-in-chief at National Geographic magazine, Susan Goldberg who's going to be sharing her thoughts about the pictures that made the cut for their latest book, highlighting the most important pictures of the 21st century. Uh, Photographs made by international photojournalists in the most extraordinary of situations. This is also taken by Lynn Johnson, who spent 30 hours inside the operating room at the Cleveland Clinic, and she captures the moment when the face is taken, it is already off of the donor... The, a young woman who died tragically of an opioid overdose and this face has been put on a tray and it is on its way to be put on and become the new face of a young woman named Katie Stubblefield who needed that face transplant to live. That's Susan Goldberg and my own tribute to the gentle, modest, generous, giant of British photojournalism Tom Stoddart. Photography Daily is available wherever you get to your podcasts and we'll link to it in today's show notes as well because uh, you can get it online at photographydaily.show and we'll also link to Kev's country music show too his incapable staircase internet radio show that uh, he hosts every Thursday 3.30 UK time Right, back to your questions. Let's go straight in with Facebook. Kev. All right, this is from John Rose. This is from a few weeks back. He says, hello, Kev. Hello, Neil. Quick question for both of you. Uh, Do you think that YouTube influencers are having too much influence over what camera companies are putting into their products? Mm. I own both an X-T3 and an X-T4. Love them both. Uh, Use the X-T4 for my video work because of the IBIS. I feel like the flippy screen is only on the X-T4 because YouTubers complained that the last model didn't have one. Most videographers use an external monitor and record. I feel like the actual photographers who go out and shoot with these cameras have no say and an influencer's opinion is taken more into account. (laughs) Cheers and thanks. I, I... You know, influencers, they, they, by, by the very virtue of their name, of course they influence to a degree, but I don't think they would make a huge difference to... I mean, if, if we went by that argument, we'd have had a monochrome, a monochrome Fujifilm camera because I've heard it called for so many times by people that, inf- I'm doing air quotes, influence on, on YouTube and Instagram, and that hasn't happened. I think, I think obviously, they, they hold court to a degree, don't they? But I, I, I wouldn't have thought Fujifilm would make uh, product changes because because a, an influencer has suggested they should do so. Would you? Well, the key part of that sentence, uh, the key part of the card part... Get teeth in, Kev. Drinks reception. reception. Don't be saying the, that to the Archbishop tomorrow. The, uh, Archbishop, the key are, you, are you going to the drinks reception? <laughs> the, key part of, the key part of that question is the final sentence. And it yeah. says, I feel like the actual photographers who go out and shoot with the cameras have no say. Um... And and that's just not true. Absolutely not true. Because no. as a uh, as an amb- as a long standing ambassador um, over the years, uh, we, we have had lots of uh, say on all kinds of things. Although I wasn't um, directly involved with the XT4 yeah. strand of things, I was in the same part of the world at the same time in a different room talking about a different camera, whilst a whole load of uh, real life photographers were talking about the XT4 in a different room. So yeah, that's um, that part is just not true. They do absolutely. Uh, you know, listen to real photographers and talk to real photographers constantly. Yeah. Uh, I'm only talking about Fujifilm, of course. I have no idea about the other manufacturers. Uh, presumably, they do the same. Now, um, going back to the point about influencers, though, and, uh, you know, what they request, uh, you know what? I, I think there's probably an element of truth in that. I think yeah. that, yeah, I think a little bit, you know, it, let's just say, uh, what's his name? Um Peter McMillan. Uh, what's his name? McMillan. Uh, Peter McKinnon. Peter McKinnon. McKinnon. Peter McKinnon. No, not Mick McKinnon. Oh, God, Kev. <laughs> Sorry. Peter <laughs> McKinnon. Let, you know, he's got like a billion followers or whatever. Let's Nick. just say, Nick. <laughs> uh, you know, he, the Fujifilm say to him or Sony say to him or Canon probably say, you know, what what's the most important thing that's not in one of our cameras? And he says, uh, 
I don't know, a flippy screen. Yeah, now I, um, I get this, you know. Kev. I do get this, Kev, but um, I don't think there is a... Oh, you're going to... Immediately, we're going to get a letter in or, or whatever that says, yes, there's so-and-so, but I don't think... With the exception of yourself, Kev, I don't think there's there's a YouTuber um, like McKinnon who has got this enormous audience that is that is a Fujifilm um, influencer as, as such. I mean, McKinnon's canon, as has been and probably always will be, um, and I'm trying to think of an influencer that would have that much clout that Fujifilm would say, do you know what? Yeah, McKinnon's just said that, so let's put a flippy out screen on it. With, with uh, as I say, Kev, the, the exception of you, because you have, um, I mean, you have your YouTube channel um, and, and you have a, I mean, you have a strong following as well, don't you? Yeah, no, I, I, I get that. And, uh, you know, I really don't think it is the case of Fujifilm, but other brands, yeah. maybe, who knows? I don't know. I mean, for example, I've been looking at a lot, watching a lot of um, guitar players on uh, YouTube recently, and there's one guy who's absolutely phenomenal. He's he's like, I've stopped watching him now because he's brilliant and he's really good looking and he's thin <laughs> and he makes amazing videos i hate him honestly what God, what a horrible person <laughs> um, no seriously he's so good um and his videos are, are out of this world and, and you know what yeah. they they are all constantly informative there's no he doesn't spend time you know i don't want to see his coffee percolator I don't want to see a drone footage of him, you know, driving a four by four on a snowy mountain. I want him to talk to me about, you know, how can I play a guitar better? And that's exactly what he does, but he does it in such a brilliant way. And and I did watch one video from a couple of years ago and, um, and he, he had a new, a new guitar. Um, and it was from, it wasn't from like a, a mainstream manufacturer, um, but a custom built guitar. And I mean, when I looked into it, they are a, a big manufacturer of guitars. It's just yeah. not like Fender or anybody like that. And, um, and he was talking about this, uh, this bridge that had been put on this guitar. And, and he was saying that, you know, he's, he's been working with that company specifically yeah. Yeah. for that thing. So, I think there are elements of, of things like that at play. Um, but I would hopefully, in fact, I would put money on it, that manufacturers will only implement things that they think are good for the photographers. Yeah, I think the flip... You know, the they're not going to do it just because they think it's going to look good on, on um, Peter McMillan's channel. <laughs> Nick McMillan. Um, <laughs> McKay. McKinnon, you've got me doing it now. I, I, although I have to say, I've been influenced to drink more coffee, and that is probably Pete's uh, Pete's influence on me. Oh, I love that. That's all right. Do uh, you know it's part of the story with his videos as well? But but you are right. I think um, flippy out screen gate though that has agitated a lot of people, isn't it? The thing is, on the XT4, it, it does. So the XT3 and XT4 both have a, a, a flippy a tilt out screen, yes. tilt down screen. But yes. the XT4 flips out and it can face you, yes. so you can you can look at it. See that's what that's, it doesn't do is flip straight down right. like the ninety degree straight down mechanism. Um, and, and it's not because it can't, because there are, I think there's a Panasonic camera that has that mechanism in place. Yeah. So it's not a physics thing. Um, but I mean, I have to say that what, you know, regardless of, uh, of whether John uses it or not, there were, when the X-T3 was, came out and X-H1 and all that kind of stuff, the amount of people that said they wanted, uh, you know, real life photographers said that they wanted a, a screen that faced them. Yeah was huge and so that's what they did um you know and and i you know i recorded the youtube video a couple of weeks ago and and i used my xt4 and i had the the tilt out screen so i could i could look at myself and get depressed <laughs> <laughs> just don't don't film your shoes kev yeah. <laughs> oh dear uh, right, moving on before we get in trouble. Kevin Bingham. Hello, chaps. Um, like a question out of a school exam. Oh, no. This this deserves one of these, Kev. School exam. Warning. Warning. Um, I have one for you. Noise reduction. Discuss. That's another word I find difficult to say. Noise reduction. Noise reduction. Noise reduction. Oh, you are having trouble with it. Say it again. I can't. Noise reduction. No, slightly better than your drinks reception. Drinks reception. <laughs> can't do that. Noise reduction, drinks reception. Say noise reduction. Noise reduction. Drink, drinks reception. Yeah. Noise yeah, reduction. Yeah. Discuss. He says, it seems to me that much of this is guesswork. And what looks good to the eyes, um, there has to be some kind of algorithmic approach. 
that's far more clever than the way I'm doing it. Please help. Cheers from Kevin Bingham. Kev to Kev. Um, well, my answer to that is I don't think there is a, a, a magic wand. Um, no. and, for, and the reason for that is because for some images, even if they're at 12,800 ISO, if the exposure is good and the, uh, you know, the, the, the area that you're uh, interested in has got good light compared to good shadow, yeah. then the noise will appear less um, because the, uh, you know, the exposure is, is better. So, yeah, I mean, I, I do tend to do a, a global noise reduction <laughs> uh, <laughs> I have a um, uh, you know like for 12,800 plus I, yeah. I, I put it on uh, I think 40 for 6,400 uh, sorry for 8,000 to 12,400 or 12,399 yeah. I put it on 30, 40 I think uh, you know so but do then you, I do always eyeball them do you do tap. that do you do that as a because um, I, I don't add noise reduction or, or sharpening until the final output. Um, when I don't do any sharpening. No. Well, no. okay. Well, I do do a bit of sharpening, but sharpening and noise reduction, they are <laughs> they are both very. Um, am I going to say the right things? Not CPU intensive. Well, they are. Um, it, 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 I find Lightroom struggles a bit if you do that per image as you go along. So I tend to do it as a global thing. As you rightly said there, it's a global thing for you. Um, I, I do it as a global thing right at the end, and I, I select all the different ISO ranges at the output stage, but not before. Yeah, absolutely. The only, the, Literally, the only sharpening I ever do is, is export sharpening. When I export from Lightroom, I just leave it on default. Yeah, well, that's what uh, I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. so no sharpening, but noise reduction... Um, yeah, I, I actually I do it at the beginning of my workflow rather than at the end, but ah, I don't ah. I don't have any kind of performance issues. But but yeah, either way, um, you know, it depends how you work, doesn't it? You, you, you're kind of right, and maybe it's a better way of doing it at the end because you've done all of your editing, and then you can see, you know, you can you can do that final thing. I find it easier once I've, if I've see if I can see the noise reduction first. Oh, you said it, Kev. You did I it did. without a problem. Yeah, I know. I concentrated really hard. Yeah. I wrote it down. I wrote it down with a big space between the words. Um, uh, I find it easier to do my editing if I can, you know, if I can see the uh, the clarity of the image, I suppose. Yeah. All right. Okay. Um, do we have time for one? Yeah, one more, and then we'll do a book of the week. So I'm just keeping an eye, eye on the time here, Kev, because I know you need to go and get some shoes. I don't care what else you've got planned with your day. You are not going to a wedding with the Archbishop with blue suede shoes. It's not happening, and your hair needs cutting. In fact, I'm going to book you in for an appointment. What's your local barber, Kev? Oh, it's no appointments there. It's, you, is uh, it just a walk-in? The kebab, the kebab shop look, does it? <laughs> what, when he's doing kebabs? No, he does that in the night. He's got a, a barber next door. He's a Turkish barber. Right. So, well, I, so you don't need booking in? Oh, no. Good well, Lord, no. Well, I'm going to phone ahead. I'll have a massage. I'll have my ears set on fire. Well, the problem is, usually I might go and have a couple of beers there, and, just, and I can't do that. What kind of shop is this? I've got to do my radio show later. Kebab, <laughs> beers, and well, that's never stopped you, Kev. You usually have no, you usually down, down a couple before the show. Don't yeah. be downing them before the, the, the wedding tomorrow with the Archbishop with your blue suede shoes and your terrible haircut. Looking like Columbo. <laughs> Who's turned up here? Why did you book this guy? Uh, wow. yeah. I need to lose about three stone by tomorrow as well. <laughs> Kev. <laughs> it's a disaster, darling. Hmm. Right. Go on, question, and then we can do book of the week. Uh, my question, is it? Okay. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, right, 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 right. Uh, David Shandley says, the first Fujifilm camera I purchased was an XM1, and mm. I still own it. The reason being that I love the SR Plus setting on the top of the camera. Also with the camera set to black and white, I did find the SR Plus setting on my X-T30, but the rich black and white look is not a patch on the X-M1. Do you think it's just different sensors? I wonder why Fuji didn't continue to have this setting on the top dial like on the X-M1. You've read it like David's really angry. Uh, well, he might be. I don't know. Um, right, so I had an X-M1. Um and uh yeah fun little camera but it was one of the it was the xm1 was a uh one of the sensors without the um without the bear filter so right. the sensor was different yeah, yeah. so it it, it it did appear to be different funny little camera i have to say um i think that was the first one that had a flip screen actually talking of flip screens mm. Um, but yeah, so the SR plus was like, I can't remember what SR stands for now, but it was like some kind of super automatic mode. Mm. Um, and, uh, yeah, it was quite, it was quite nifty. It did do, it did do a lot of good kind of exposing and everything. Uh, it has crept into a couple of other cameras over the years, but it seems to have disappeared for, for now. Right. Um, 
you know, the XE range, I believe, had an auto set in, uh, an auto switch at one point. Um, but yeah, I mean, why they didn't keep it, again, I don't know. Um, XM1 was the camera I used to take that picture from the uh, Tokyo Tower, which won me landscape oh, that landscape photographer of the year picture. Yeah, which in turn <laughs> won me an X100S. <laughs> Isn't that funny? Yeah, I remember that picture well. I saw yeah. where did I see that? It was it was blown up really large and I did it wouldn't have been at the House of Photography because it's way before there. Where where did I see it, Kev? It was a, an exhibition somewhere. They did have it for a while at the House of Photography. Yeah, but it's not um, there. No, it's, it's before then. It's before then. Oh, I don't know. It might have been at um TPS or something. They did I remember at um CP Plus in in um uh, it's not in Tokyo, is it? It's the place next door to it. But anyway, that place, they had it blown up there really big. Ah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Amazing though, isn't it? What 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 a fantastic privilege as well. Mm, yeah. Indeed. Right. Book of the week. So book of the week is uh Marilyn Stafford, a life in photography, yeah. uh Blue Coat Press. This is one that I did I backed on Kickstarter. Oh, did you? Right. So uh Marilyn Stafford is um she must be really old now i would think she's got to be in her 90s um 96 96 years young kev 96 um she's british photographer although born in america so this book i'll read the blurb off the um blue coat press website i'm not sure you'll be able to get it anywhere other than bluecoatpress.co.uk at the moment anyway says at a time when women were expected to be mothers and wives not professional photographers marilyn stafford blazed her way into photographic history her distinctive approach was deceptively casual and yet psychologically revealing over four decades from 1948 she would shoot world leaders and poets artists writers and mourning mothers children playing on the street victims of war refugees and fashion models having grown up in the depression marilyn was acutely sensitive she wanted to use her camera to cast a light on injustice mm-hmm. to tell stories that had in her words something important to say there we go that's what we always say isn't it yeah. um better to be important than it is to be good picture doesn't have um, to be good it just has to be important that, yeah, that, that, exactly. is that mullins phrase that's my phrase yeah, yeah. But, uh, um anyway T-T-M. so uh interestingly and another reason why i picked this is because the forward is by tom tom stoddard oh. forward to the book so he he wrote the forward. Uh, it's a big, beautiful book, and because I backed it on Kickstarter, I get a, a signed Marilyn Stafford print, wow. um, which is beautiful. I bet wonderful picture of this lady in a dressing room, um, and another lady peering through the door, and there's a mirror behind it, yeah. and this lady is dressed in this kind of um, checked. It's black and white, of course, checked. Um, gown yeah. and it kind of she's blending in with the wallpaper and on the on the floor is two um what look like french bull terriers having a bit of a sleep um yeah lovely nice sign print there for me um but yes i mean what a book what an amazing book and, and blue coat press um colin who runs blue coat press he's forever putting kickstart projects together and it's usually for people whose body of work would otherwise not necessarily get published um not always the case but but generally the case uh page 25 for example you know with this 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 whole thing is is so relevant right now boys climbing a wall in paris circa Mm. 1950 Mm. 10 little boys playing you know she's wandered up she's taken a beautiful picture Uh, where will we be when they ban us from doing this kind of stuff? Well, there's more stuff like the the girl with a milk bottle. Um, yeah, the girl with a milk bottle. There's loads of uh, stuff in here yeah. about, uh, of children. Yes. Um, and, and it's it's such a well-designed book as well, as, as always Blue Coat stuff is. Um, but it, it goes through the whole uh, repertoire of Marion Stafford's work. So, you know, we've got model shoots um, on the streets of Paris as well, um, which are, are clearly, you, you know, staged mm. but more interestingly to but classic and beautiful i mean there's a there's a wonderful picture on page 53 uh modeling ready to wear mm. um a man in raincoat and so there's a picture of the model um being photographed yeah. perfect stance um that would do well in an swpp competition um but then behind it is a man <laughs> in a raincoat staring at this woman um <laughs> the hu- humor in a lot of her pictures as well isn't yeah, it yeah yeah the humor in that that's yeah. that's for sure yeah um wonderful portraits um there's a there's a great set on uh, around about page 70 71 of uh Carlo Levi or Levi would you say Levi or Levi I can't remember but he's an Italian 
painter. Yeah. And there's a beautiful portrait of him puffing away on a cigar. And then opposite, he's uh, is like a behind-the-scenes shot of him chatting to um, directors and other people while he's being filmed uh, in his studio. Really, really incredible behind-the-scenes photos, but coupled yeah. with really nice portraits as well. I mean, the portraiture re- reminds me a little bit of Jane Bowen, that kind of approach. Oh, right. yeah. uh, you know, right, stand here, this is good light, stand here, look at me, act natural. But then you have all of the candid stuff as well throughout, and you've got, you know, literally, literally all kinds of stuff in here. Miss Lebanon Beauty Pageant, Beirut, 1960. Um, it's eclectic, you know, it, isn't it? That, that's it's sure. absolutely yeah. eclectic. And you look at this now and you think, uh, you know, this is Beirut in 1960 and, and, and the stuff that these people will have gone through after that, Subsequent, um, yeah. you know, it's, it's, it's just insane. You, you kind of look at these pictures and you think, what happened next, you know, to these people? And, and it's, in many cases, the, the images are just snapshots of everyday life, mm. but almost always with a story behind them. Um, a decade actually before uh, the Lebanon, she'd uh, just over a decade. She'd photographed Albert Einstein as well. It's a lovely mm-hmm. story in the LA Times actually that that I was reading here. That uh, at the time she was very nervous, had no experience of making uh, or taking photographs, and then you're in front of <laughs> Albert Einstein, uh, yeah. who apparently put her uh, at ease, and she was able to make some wonderful photographs of him. I think one of my favourite pictures is the the one, and, and this is one that I kind of recognised before I've seen it in the book, was right. the, is the one of Lee Marvin, um, and he's he's just sat in uh, in an armchair, yeah. cigarette in hand, a couple of dusty old cowboy boots on the floor, white socks, uh, and he almost looks like he's shouting at her you know, don't take a picture of me kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, we don't know what's going on. Um, but it it's just a, such a nice picture. And, you know, talking about noise reduction and all the other stuff, you know, the technicalities of this is a tricky shot. Bearing in mind, this is, uh, this would have been, well, I don't know, like late 60s. Mm. Um, you know, it's grainy, it's soft, but... As she says on her on the website, uh, you know it's an important picture. Yeah, um, yeah. Patrick Moore, <laughs> look at him, Patrick Moore, Patrick Sky Moore. at Night. God. Yeah, God, he hasn't changed. Well, he never changed. He's dead now. Pa- Patrick, Patrick yeah, Patrick Moore is. Uh, yeah, he did pass away. Yeah, I don't think he ever changed. Patrick Moore looked the same from my childhood right through to the day. He, yeah, uh, he passed. Oh. Yeah, yeah, he's still got that hairstyle. Um, <laughs> Twiggy, look at that. I that portrait, the Twiggy. Twiggy. One. Yeah. Now you you would you would class you know if you if you were to think about Twiggy, you'd think of uh, you know the classic sixties portraits of yeah. her, uh, you know by the the, the Brit pack photographers. You wouldn't think of Marion Stafford one, um, and this is a very different style portrait. But to me, it's got more intensity to it, perhaps than the more more um, famous pictures, if you like. Mm. Um, she was beautiful, Twiggy. Uh, yeah, so that picture that I've got my print of is on page 168, Bieber Boutique, Dressing Room, Kensington Church Street, London, 1969. And then in quotes, it says, fashion should be fun and enjoyed by everyone, not just the privileged. Um, Barbara Hulaneka, founder of Bieber. Uh, I'm looking at um, many of the portraits that um, that she set up. Um, that they, they do have a beautiful simplicity to them as well in that, you know, you've placed light mm. to one side. You've used that one, that one light that God gave you, uh, and um, and she's used it so well. Um, I would imagine that it's the simplicity of her her compositions and the fact that she she worked in a, a pretty similar way when she was making the portraits. That's her strength, isn't it? Yeah, that she knew exactly a, yeah, what absolutely. she wanted. I mean, her portraits yeah. are 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 just beautiful. But yeah. she was more than a portrait. She yeah, was a do- God, you know yeah. she was a documentary photographer. There's yeah. a whole section on Indira Gandhi. Uh, and there's this incredible picture of um, of Indira Gandhi getting onto the plane. Mm. Um, oh yes, I've got that one. Yeah, and Marilyn's in, inside the plane, looking yes. out. Yes, and this yes. picture of um, Gandhi staring straight yeah. at her. Um, She's almost got the, a. What, what are you doing there? Look. <laughs> yeah, but it's just a powerful yeah, picture, isn't it? it? Is. Powerful yeah, picture, very... powerful woman, and then. Yeah. You know, there's a whole, whole section dedicated to her. Um, and one of the rare colour pictures, in fact, um, 1971, looks like Kodachrome to me, but, um, you know, one of the very rare colour pictures in this book, 
um, Indira Gandhi speaking at a mass rally at Srinagar, uh, Kashmir, nineteen seventy-one. Um, yeah, uh, you know the history stuff here is is intense. And then there's portraits. You know, there's portraits of of her uh, at her office, um, New Delhi, nineteen seventy-two. Um, really beautiful little picture of her um, with her dog and also a new grandchild. Um, these are colours set. Uh, I mean, it's just wonderful. Does it inspire you to get back out of the streets, Kev? Yeah, it's it's another one of those things, isn't it, where you think, oh, man, you know, it, it to be to have earned the ability, uh, not earned the ability, but to have earned the opportunities yes. because you don't just get yeah. you know, things like this. Don't just, you know, it's not no, no. people who say it's just who you know and luck of the draw. That's just simply not well, true. You might get the opportunities, um, but you've got you've got to you've got to bring the goods home, haven't you? Absolutely, yeah. yeah you've got to constantly do it. And she does so, that time and time and time again, doesn't she? Yeah. Uh, an amazing book. And Ooh, Joanna I, Lumley. Oh, she's in there as well. Yeah. Oh, I didn't see that one. Sorry, I said her name a bit too positively. <laughs> no, you can do, Kev. It's not a bad thing, Kev. You know, it's not a bad thing. Joanna Lumley, nineteen forty-six. Joanna Lumley, 46. In 1946. 1946, yeah. Oh. Wow. I'm trying to do some mental mathematics here and nothing's working out correctly. But anyway, the, book, the, book, the book's available from Blue Coat. Uh, Bluecoatpress.co.uk. Um, probably will be available elsewhere, but but not not just yet. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And that's it for, for this week. Kev's got to go off and buy shoes um, and have a haircut, probably a few beers. Have you? What is that ear thing that they do at the Turkish barbers, Kev? That fire to your ears. Yeah. Why? Yeah. What? What? Trims the hair. What? what oh, oh, yeah. I can suppose so. But they do it on the top of the ear. Do you have hair on the top of your ear, Kev? Yeah, you do if you're from Wales. <laughs> okay. Well, fair yeah. dues then. Oh, no. Hair on the bottom of my feet as well. <laughs> oh, Kev, that's a horrible thought. <laughs> well, we'll leave you with that one. Enjoy your breakfast. Um, that's it for another week so uh, good luck with the wedding Kev I hope it goes really really well we've kind of bounced backwards and forwards in TARDIS time here haven't we today with things that are about to happen and things that have happened Um, so uh, send your questions in either to click at fujicast.co.uk we're a bit low on the emails now by the way Kev so um, we could do with a few more click at fujicast.co.uk you can also send them via the contract uh, contract contact uh, form there as well on the on the website um, fujicast.co.uk or of course you can send them in via the um, the Facebook how are we doing with, with, with Facebook questions yeah we can do with some more there as well yeah. yeah there we go and Patreon don't forget if you're a Patreon you can get bumped to the front bumped to the front absolutely and uh, we will see you this time next week bye bye the Fujicast is an independent loading zone production email the show with your questions and words of wisdom to click at fujicast.co.uk email any complaints and political nonsense to our wives who will deal with your comments in their own good time and in their own good way